Hello and welcome to Reggie'sTate.com, podcast number four. Uh, joining me once again is Steve. Hey, what's up, folks? Hey. Game specialist in the house. Uh, thanks for coming back. You um, took a break from the last show. Well, you know, I, I I did go check out my portfolio, see if there was any money to be made in this endeavor. Found out that I was broke either way, so I figured, what the hell, I'll just come back. Hey, and we're <laughs> glad to have you back here at Reggie'sTake.com. Okay. Um, today, what about Reggie's Give? No, we won't go there. Oh, no giving? All taking. I see how it is. No, all the giving's done. Well, never mind. Did you give it the office? You gave it the office. It's okay. Just say you gave it the office, man. Uh, Senator, I'd like to invoke my Fifth Amendment right. Plead the fifth. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Honey, I still love you. Uh, He's such a giving man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, no real particular subject. Thought today we'd kind of cover basically Hollywood, movies, kind of some of the rumors. Hollywood. Let's hear it for Hollywood. Sorry, I figured you needed some sort of theme music in for that. <laughs> no, theme music. I didn't, say, I didn't say it'd be good. I just said you needed Well, well the theme music right now is everyone hearing the click of their computer speakers now going off. Oh, no, no. They cranking it, yo. Um, what would you say is probably the biggest Hollywood news over the last, let's say, six to eight weeks? Batfleck. And for all of you who <laughs> may have been in the dark, hiding under a rock. <laughs> with a night. Or vacationing with Dennis Rodman in North Korea, Ben Affleck will be Batman. Batfleck. What what is what is your honest first initial opinion of Ben Affleck as Batman? Ben Affleck will make a great Bruce Wayne. <laughs> you you asked for my initial opinion. There it is. Ben Affleck will make a great Bruce Wayne. Luckily, this movie is a Superman Man of Steel sequel, not a Batman sequel. So you can minimalize the Batman and do do fairly well because people are people are going to go see this movie a for the the novelty idea of oh it is Batman and Superman. But I mean, it's it, if the way it should be written, it should be primarily for Superman lovers to be the the, the people to geek out over. They've, they've had plenty of Batman movies over the last you know ten years to geek out over. So it's well, you know, when you when you have three really really good to great movies uh, from Christopher Nolan, yep. and I won't say which ones are good or great or whatever. They well, were all good. They were they were good across the board. Yes, mm-hmm. one one may be more excellent than the other, depending on your opinion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but you know, when you have a a, a series that really stepped up the superhero world. Mm-hmm. Uh, game. You made everyone else around you in Hollywood step up their game. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have a series like that from Batman, I don't know. Uh, will audience be expecting too much? Oh, I'm sure that there's there's going to be a contingent out there that's you know they're going to want some sort of Grady Academy Award experience in in acting. But you know what? You're going to a superhero movie. The <laughs> fact that the fact that uh, the fact that Heath Ledger won an Oscar posthumously for playing the joker you know that's that's not a that's not something to be expected from these kinds of movies you're here for two things watch stuff blow up and eat a ton of popcorn and and just enjoy disconnecting from reality for two and a half hours that's what you're going there for you go in there expecting some sort of academy award-winning performance you're going to be sorely disappointed across the board just the way it is but to get back to your initial question of my, my thoughts on Ben Affleck as, as Batman. Ben Affleck will make a great Bruce Wayne. I'm not sold on him in, in a cowl and cape and being all Batman-ish. Well, here's the good thing with that, though. I mean, depending on how much fight sequence you have, how far away they are, how close up they are, mm-hmm. most of the time he, he's going to be made to look better in the bat suit from some stuntman doing all his work for him. They're smart, yeah. Than, than him actually having to perform it himself. Right. No, I, yeah, I totally get that. I do totally get that. But as the movie should be, and I've, I've, I've made mention of this plenty of times, this movie works best when you have a lot of Superman, because it's a Superman sequel, you have a lot of Bruce Wayne, a little Clark Kent, and a little bit of Batman. That movie works best in that formula, in that formula alone. Because if you if you start putting Ben Affleck in that suit and having a lot of scenes with him as Batman, I think you're going to turn a lot of people off. Not necessarily because he's going to be bad at it or you know have a real horrible... Uh, interpretation of the character but i think people are still and i don't know why they're still sour to him playing daredevil which could be understandable it's understandable but you know we're talking about a much more mature less well supposedly abolished i mean we're talking i mean if you've seen what he's done in the last five years oh it's you know it's not like we're expecting a, a gili p- performance by any stretch of the imagination no and he and he i think they're part of the critics the criticism of him playing batman from a the critics and also the, the fans is the fact a, he does have Daredevil on his resume. Yeah. B, he did Geely. And C, he just is now in the last 
two to three, four, maybe even five years, just started to get his quote movie career back on a on a track of respectability. Yeah, at least from the fans' point of view. Yeah, a with his directing, b with his acting. Mm-hmm. He's done both. Yeah, uh, in some movies he's done it at the same time. Yeah, and and he's been getting really good reviews for some of his movies like Argo. Yeah, I have not seen that, but I hear it's it's very yeah, good. I've heard real good things about it, but. You know, I think that's where the criticism comes in and and making this movie where they're supposed to be having Batman as a more grizzled, hardened, you know, kind of been beaten down from the superhero life. I I think that's where you get a lot of people going. You picked who? Well, where where the initial rumors was they were wanting Christian Bale. Well, that well, also knowing that Christian Bale most likely would not come back. They were also wanting to um, Josh Brolin because he had the look of what they were looking for as far as the the grittiness. The, but, the, the look of hardening of being Batman for 15, 20 years had um, been playing on his face, that type of... I'll say this, uh, and I, if you catch Fleck, I apologize. Ben Affleck over Josh Brolin. See, because when I heard Josh Brolin, I didn't initially have any issues when I heard that rumor. And it's not, it's not like... People would probably would have cringed more about Josh Brolin than Ben Affleck because Jonah Hex is fresher in people's minds than Daredevil. Jonah Hex was a bad movie. Yes, but you know, I think... Also Josh, a DC Comics character. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm I, just saying. I'm just saying, I think people, I, I think the fanboy continuous, or continuum out there would have been like, no, no, we can't have that. That won't work at all. You know, and from what you said, your your theory of how the movie should go, being that it is a Superman sequel. Yep. My, my, my theory, I think, is somewhat along yours as far as how the movie should go. You should see Bruce Wayne, maybe since he had some, maybe some buildings or offices in yeah. Metropolis, yep. get destroyed. He's upset with him already in the first place because now he's costing him money to fix his empire that he's he had going yeah. as as Wayne Enterprises. So he's upset with, with, with Superman himself. So you see more or less... More Bruce Wayne and kind of ticked off with Superman yeah. in a certain sense. And it's not till the end you really see Batman and it's Batman who, well, okay, I, I'll, I'll take that back. Maybe see Batman at least once somewhere middle of the movie engaging with Superman. Right. In a, in a, in a little bit of a not happy way. Yeah. In a certain sense, you know, kind of a set the up. But at the end of the movie, Batman does what ends up being the right thing and comes to however it is they decide to write this. Yeah. No, see- and comes back and basically bails his ass out. Yeah. Of his problem. That's how I think they should do it. No, but that wait, bails, mean I'm right. bails which one out of whose problem? Batman bails Superman out of his. I don't like that. You don't like but, that? No, because... Or, okay, at least assist in making sure Superman gets whatever it is yeah, going maybe, on done. Maybe, I, I mean, to the point of where I don't like the idea of a superhero needing a bailout from another superhero. Especially Superman, right? Especially when it's your sequel. True. I mean, if it's your sequel, the last thing you need is being having your character undermined by having somebody else come help you out. Of course, they also may be looking it would be, at... It would be more along the lines of, if you're going to do that, the, the, the correct way to do it is to have Superman bail Batman out. As much as that would pain Bruce Wayne in all forms, shapes, and manners of his character. Hmm. You I, asked my opinion. Well, and, and that's fine. I mean, I've, I've given you yours, you've given me mine, and I'm sure there's about 10 million out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, do you think seeing, of course, it's going to determine a lot how this movie does script-wise. Yeah. Obviously, the same director, Zack Snyder, is coming back to do the sequel, so mm-hmm. obviously the look and the, and the feel or the tone of the movie won't change in right. that sense, but... I. I have to wonder, you know, what the setup is. And I can see, in my mind, I can see the opening being a setup where you have Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor at some sort of business meeting discussing the destruction and how to rebuild, the proper way to rebuild Metropolis. You know, Lex with his not so, with his business savvy, yet not so innocent ways of going about probably building it. Whereas, you know, you'd set up Bruce to be more of the straight laced, hey, let's get the, the proper permits kind of thing. And, you know, but both of them agreeing that, you know, they can't have this guy running around destroying the city. Right. That's how I kind of see the movie opening up, but that's just me. And I discuss something similar to this in my uh, last podcast with the guys from True Believers. It was kind of a, if I remember correctly, if they're going to deal with Lex Luthor in, in this particular setting of Superman. Right. I, I think you really shouldn't see, I really don't want to see Lex Luthor necessarily as the bad guy in this movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'd rather see Lex Luthor as a bad guy in in a, in a third Man of Steel movie, where it's just a one on one thing. Well, rather than having Batman involved with as, it. As much as I think Lex Luthor is a, a defining character in all of comics, in terms of you know how how maybe a villain should be portrayed, I think sometimes he gets misconstrued mainly because of his origins. His origins were the business conglomerate that everybody sees today. Most people that grew up, you know, way back in the day, have the 
have the original concept of him being more of the mad scientist. Right. You know, de- devising this and that in order to try and stop Superman and do whatever. You know, the original movies where he was just crazy about land. You know, but yeah. then you get to the newer comics and in like Smallville, and you know, he's he's bu- he's a businessman. He's he's corporate America. The Donald Trump in a certain sense, yeah, exactly. but with, with a more evil tone in the background. Yeah. Yeah, I mean exactly. You know, you have you have this, you know, you know, like guys who ran Enron into the ground, those kinds of people. You uh-huh. know, that's that's the kind of persona that you need. But for the storyline and I mean, especially if you want to play it correctly, I think, is that you don't necessarily make Lex Luthor the primary villain in this movie. You need I, I, I think you I, need to make him the puppet master. That's where I was gonna go with. You have to make him the puppet master pulling the strings. Pulling the strings behind the scenes because that's what his character does best. And then have him be, kind of be more or less the main bad guy dealing with, so to speak, in the third movie. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you, but like for this movie here, somebody like, and I hate to say it because they haven't brought in the concept of kryptonite in this in this new. And version. I don't know if they will. And see, that's just it. I would, but I would love to see a somebody think outside the box and instead of the the typical ones. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of disappointed that they went with Zod for Man of Steel. And I know everybody and their mother has is hard up for Brainiac uh, when it comes to Superman. Because people are burned out on Lex, right? I get that. But we could. It would not be so far out of the realm to think that you have Lex playing this puppet master role, and you have like Metallo or the Toy Van characters that don't necessarily catch a lot of Air, uh, screen it, time, screen time or, or intrigue. You know, I think if you say Brainiac, I, I think of Patrick Stewart playing that role. I'd love to see him as see him as a villain. I mean, he he's always played these, you know, quote. I'd buy that. That'd be awesome, actually. You know, in a certain sense. You know, like they had James Marsters, the guy who used to play Spike on Buffy, play Brainiac on Smallville, and thought that was a pretty good, you know, characterization. But yeah, I think Patrick Stewart would be would be excellent. The only problem is, is that do you have him play kind of like the robotic version of himself, this robotic version or this kind of humanoid version of himself? Would you could you convince Patrick Stewart to play that role? Play it, play a role like that, especially when. Essentially, Brainiac's a bald guy. I don't know. You have to kind of wonder: is that does that kind of interfere with with casting? And like I said, though, if you're going to do something like that, it's I think you're better off having Lex as the puppet master, and you know, and you introduce some of the other rogues that's not necessarily as well known. But just my thoughts. Hey, and that's what you're here for, anyway. Um, yeah, and, and obviously, the closer we get to you know a uh, 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 July. 2015 um, release date. The more, the more, oh, yeah, the, the more, more talk, the more rumors, the more buzz, yeah. and especially once we see even the first teaser trailer of that movie, oh, I know it, it is going <laughs> to create so much, so it, much. It'll break the internet. <laughs> yes, yes, it will. It'll uh, break internet. It'll break Twitter. It'll break Facebook. And it's like I wanted to get on and do social media, but Ben Affleck is Batman. He broke. He broke Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Al Gore case credit for inventing the internet. Ben Affleck. I bl- yes, I, I blame them both. Yes. Al Gore, how dare you not make the internet more powerful to handle Ben Affleck as Batman? <laughs> um, okay. Um, <laughs> let's uh, kind of move Switch on. Switch gears. So let's move on from Batman because, you know, we could probably. Yeah, we, 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 th- 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 we've done Batman for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some uh, other really recent news is um, Kelsey Grammer, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Frazier Crane Dr. himself. Dr. Frazier Crane. Um, which, by the way, I I thought he was actually funnier in his own show, Frasier, than he yeah. was in Cheers. But then again, he you wasn't know, I, he I'm, wasn't built for the main role in Cheers, so yeah, you know, he was a side character, side there. character, and that's fine. I'm not gonna lie when I when I say this, I I never really watched either show. It was you know it was a little it was a little highbrow above me for my age. Of course, you are older than me, so you know, but we won't go there. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, the news with Kelsey Grammer, it, it, uh, the news with Kelsey Grammer, and it's not like they already don't have enough quote aging stars in this coming yeah. movie but he is now joining the cast of expendables three here you go and he will be playing a character named bonaparte an ex-mercenary who aids the heroes on their mission um the part was initially offered to nicholas cage um you know and this movie obviously we already know has um sylvester stallone jason statham Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, Terry Crews, Antonio Banderas, Jet Li, Dolph Lundgren, and Wesley Snipes. Yes. I mean... I don't know. You know I mean, I, you, you would think that a movie like this has to be at least three hours long just to get everybody's screen time. Well, that and this movie so heavy male testosterone loaded. I mean, I know, right? is there a projector uh, strong enough to I don't know, but I, I would imagine that any NFL player that goes to see it probably has to go get tested for performance enhancing <laughs> drugs after coming out of the theater, though. But I mean, do you do you buy him in these type of roles? 
I don't know. Okay. Um, I seen a movie with him not too long ago. It was kind of a, a mockumentary kind of thing done like uh, a Christmas Carol, but I think it was called an American Carol. And they had him playing. Uh, well, I know he's doing a show like on Showtime or HBO or Stars where he's kind of an evil, nasty politician. Yeah. Well, the one what I seen this movie, he they had him as uh, I think it was it was either Eisenhower or General MacArthur. You know, I mean, I, I kind of bought it. I kind of bought it. You know, for for what it was, I kind of bought it. I, yeah, it was kind of a. A mockable documentary kind of thing, but I, you know, if I think about that, yeah, I can kind of see him doing a a heavier role towards the, you know, something exploring his manly side. Well, and and also, my guess is this role is going to be like what you saw with uh, Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris, and the last one where you saw him for about maybe ten minutes of screen time in two different places, and that's really going to be about it. Yeah. So, and, and you know, that's what you really get out of these movies. It's it's the quick little. You know, <laughs> you know what this? You know what these are? This is the modern day cannonball run. <laughs> well, and that except and, except instead of cars, we got bullets flying. <laughs> yes, and 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 Explosions. I did and I did read somewhere where when he did Stallone did the first Expendables, yeah. his main reason for doing Expendables was more or less to show that Hollywood could still do action movies without all the CGI stuff. Yeah. And, of course, he used a little bit stronger language, but yeah. he, he, he wanted to prove you could still do it old school and still have it successful. And, yeah. obviously, he's on his third movie of doing yeah. such. Yeah, but, you know, you also got to think about there's the, the kind of the wow factor. Right. You know, like, oh, wow. Bruce you put, Willis, you put, Schwarzenegger, yeah. Stallone, all in the same movie. That never happened before. Right. And, supposedly, from, from, from what I understand... Mel Gibson and Antonio Banderas is playing the baddies in this one, so that should be yeah. interesting to see as well. I, I just, I, I hope for some sort of a uh, wing and a nod to the movie Assassins, <laughs> but not Puss in Boots or Zorro or Zorro. Maybe Desperado. If 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 they have him, if they have Antonio well, Banderas come about, out what, come what, out with a with a guitar case that's got a machine gun or a rocket launcher. I'm going to stand up and applaud. Well, how about Wesley Snipes and uh, Sylvester Stallone? You know, they had yeah. that movie back yeah, in Demolition the early 90s. Man. You want to yeah. know? Here's a fun fact. I seen that movie three times in the theater. I got dri- I seen it first the first time of my own accord. The other two times, like, well, I don't want to go to movies by myself, so I got drugged back to the movie. I seen it like three <laughs> times. Were you Were you happy just to see it the once? I was good. I was good the first two times. The third time, I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. You take a nap? No, I mean, I had free popcorn and a oh, drink, okay. so I was good. But well, of course, this won't be his first movie playing kind of a. Well, he's not necessarily playing a, a bad guy in Expendables, but which he one, is- Wesley? Uh, no, um, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer, okay. Uh, but he is playing the bat, the human bad guy in Transformers: Age of Extinction, which had been known mm-hmm. for the last year or two as Transformers Four. Yeah, which they finally gave a name to here several weeks ago. Yeah, because they they finally came up with the concept. I know. Let's introduce the Dinobots. Me, Grimlock, think that's great. Now, now is Michael Bay going to play? Speaking of the Dinobots, because I was going to ask you this: Do they play the Dinobots? kind of a legitimate define legitimate like, well kind of like the autobots no they're uh-huh. sorry not play them off as some stupid heavies in, uh-huh. in the robot world but make them kind of more intelligent like well, the that, autobots but with well, obviously better strength like they were in the cartoons well, okay in well comics. in I mean, the cartoons the, well the original g1 series because that's kind of the only one i really like because it just reminds me of my childhood you know the the original dinobots from the g1 series was uh they were stupid I mean, they were... Well, that, that's why I asked. I mean, they were just completely stupid. The only question I have to wonder about that is, is that do they... I have to wonder if they do this or not because of the backlash they caught from uh, Revenge of the Fallen. Oh, Two cars that were, weren't exactly... They were kind of... Smartest st- thing in the world. Well, they were kind of stereotyped as... Yeah. As, yeah, I, I, I get where you're going with that. Yeah. So I have to wonder, you know, how they play that without offending anybody because that really didn't work out so well in the second one. You know, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll end up with... Obviously, you'll end up with Grimlock and, and Slag and Sludge and Swoop. And right. Supposedly, Grimlock, Slag, Sludge, Snarl, and Snarl. Swoop. Yeah. Or, or, or I would yeah. assume would all be in it. Yeah. I mean, question is, is do they, I, I would assume in this version, though, that they'll look more like a, I'm using air quotes here, real dinosaurs in terms of they won't look metallic like they did in the cartoon where they just look like metal dinosaurs. One, they'll make them look like real dinosaurs. I think they'll probably make them look more like. But when they living. transform, they'll be metallic looking with their. Fake. I don't know. I mean, I assume when they're in their robot mode, they'll look, you know, metallic and whatnot. But when they're in their dino mode, if you will. Mm-hmm. I assume that they'll probably look more lifelike, like to the point of having or, something that looks the color or, scheme. Or, or look, they got some sort of imaging yeah. to make them look real. Some sort of color scheme to make them look good. You know, like something that you would expect to see, at, uh, which you would expect to think a dinosaur would look like. You know, kind of an earth tone kind of thing, not necessarily a gray metal dinosaur roaming around. <laughs> I, I, 
good move or bad move on, on, on Michael Bay's part to bring in Dinobots? I think it's a natural progression. I don't I don't have a problem with that actually. I think it's a natural progression into the storyline. If you want to keep if you want to keep making these movies, it's a natural progression. To, and, and and according to there's uh, there's I, some I, other characters I'd love to see him bring in as well. But and I, I think according I think it's Paramount who who puts these out. I think they are looking for another trilogy yeah. out of this. So I would assume yeah. this is what they're setting up. And of course, um, we've got Mark Wahlberg playing the human right. good guy. So and Bumblebee's getting a makeover again. Right. Well, all of them, all the main ones, are yeah, makeovers. Yeah, and that's caused a little bit of, depending on where you read, some backlash yeah. with. I, I like I like what they're doing with Bumblebee. I like going back to an older school, old school style right. body on him. I'm not so I'm not I, you know feeling the same way what what they did with Optimus I can, Prime. I, there's, a, there's a part of me can understand why they would update him is because the storyline is <laughs> taking place five years after the end of the third one. Uh-huh. So you'd assume after a while you'd want to change your looks a little bit to kind of just keep up from yeah whatever, you know. Especially if you had the ability From to being recognized as easily. Yeah. But in the same sense, you know, people want their tradition. I yeah. mean, that's like that's like all of a sudden, yeah, yeah it, it, you just don't want to see that kind of change. That's like yeah. seeing Indiana Jones and, you know, the Crystal Skull wearing a different type of hat. You just don't right. want to see it. Yeah, it's like him wearing a... A bowler hat as opposed to a fedora. You're like, no, that don't work. Right. So, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, there's there's plenty of other characters I'd love to see that see them explore, bring in with the Transformers. Now, but I, and this is just a stupid question on my part. Obviously, okay. at the end of the third one, you know, Optimus killed Megatron again. Again, do they dare <laughs> bring him back, or are they, or is there enough other bad guys in the in the Decepticon world to to bring in as as well? See, that's where it becomes an interesting concept because. As far as the heavies go, it's been Megatron. It's always been Megatron. After the 86 cartoon movie, he was transformed into a, a, or he was reborn as a character named Galvatron. Basically the same kind of concept, just the ultra heavy. But I don't believe you can do that unless you bring in a character named Unicron, which is a planet. And I don't think they're going to go there. I don't think they're going to go there now. I say that, you know, watch, you know, there's a monster planet that's coming for Earth. And well, the and, and there's, there was a picture on Michael Bay's website that they put out a month or so, a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. of a picture of him and some of the ma- human ca- uh, cast members right. with some of his production staff, uh-huh. and it looked like they were standing on some sort of Autobots, Decepticon type of pyramid type of thing. Okay, you know, it, it, it just looked like obviously they were going somewhere with this. Not yeah. sure with with the you know the uh, markings from what you used yeah. to seeing from the first three. It wouldn't surprise me if a Starscream kind of thing where he decided you know Starscream was kind of the main guy in charge. And just they, they just leave Megatron dead. Let, leave Megatron dead in this one, or or they come up with some other completely different character. It's quite possible. I mean, now they I have seen a picture of a, a new character. I don't remember what they said the name of that character was supposed to be, but it was a, a it was a it was a flat nose black uh, semi cap. See, and that's that's when people tell me about that. That comes back to, to me that that character is Motormaster, and that would actually get me fairly excited because that means. That they are bringing the Stunticons in, which would make, which is perfect, by the way, for a Michael Bay movie, because the Stunticons are nothing but crazy driving fools. They can, they're indestructible. They can, in their car mode, they they can bounce off anything, and they won't get a scratch so, on. So, so if they, they would, so if they bring those in, you're, you're you're hoping for maybe some one hell of a car chase. Yeah. Somewhere. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would I would fully expect a, you know a, a monster car chase. Well, of course, look what he did with. Uh, uh, Bad Boys too. I mean, there yeah. was one hell of a car chasing that one. I mean, I could I can easily see the Stunicons chasing down Bumblebee. This, with the exception of Motormaster, all those vehicles are ultra high performance uh, cars, uh-huh. like IndyCar. One was one in the original cartoon. One was a Porsche 928, and it had another one that was uh, um, I can't think of the other two cars. But Motormaster was the was the was the black semi that went with them. Anyway, they combined together to make a a super combiner robot called uh, Minosaur. All right, and, and uh, yeah, you know, so, and Motormaster was the kind of the, the central piece of that, and each one kind of formed a uh, the the cars formed arms and legs for it, kind of kind of thing. Well, the good news is, unlike um, Man of Steel, we don't have to wait as long to see this one because this one comes out June twenty seventh of next year. 2014 so you know cool. my my oldest will like that because so that's the day before you, you'd assume sometime in december you might get a teaser trailer if not december maybe january for sure oh i can tell you when you'll see the first teaser trailer for that super bowl that's a that is a super bowl kind of thing just give you 30 seconds of if just that. to wet your appetite yeah. if that they'll be maybe like, a 15 second one yeah they'll be like Wait, what was that? You know? <laughs> back Michael up, back Bay would be the kind of person he'd, he'd spend $3 million on a 30-second commercial and tell you nothing about it. 
Like, like, what, what did we just see uh, here? Uh, and all, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, you see like one little transformer logo over the top. And you're like, oh, well, that, and all of a sudden, then the whole screen explodes because you, it's you, someone, someone who, if they can do it, you know, sit there and go, oh look, everyone who has a DVR just backed them all up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what game? It's okay that it's you know the first game that's ever gone into overtime. And we're, <laughs> we're tied at twenty eight apiece, and yeah. Well, um, moving on from. Um, <laughs> Transformers, because I'm sure the Browns and the Lions both playing in their very first Super Bowl, and no, nobody wants to see that. Skip around here, and I'm going to go probably someplace you're probably not as familiar with. So I'm going to go with uh, Star Wars Episode Seven. Okay. Okay. Um, obviously, J.J. Abrams is directing, right? Which has gotten a lot of news over the last year because he's also you know done the first two reboot Star Trek movies. Uh huh. Um, which Star Trek is also what I'll be getting to next, by the way. Okay. Um, but there's some rumors around here. Um, Abrams has announced in Disney saying that they're going to go back to making the movies feel more real. Air quotes, as, air he, quotes. Used, as he used earlier. <laughs> um, so they're going to actually shoot it on 35 millimeter film. That's cool, though. And their special effects is going to be split up between the old-fashioned way uh-huh. of what Lucas did, obviously, with obviously hard, hard effects and miniatures. Miniatures, that kind of stuff, with the use of CG. Yeah. And see... I like that. I really like that because I... And from what I've read, it's also gotten a lot of good kind of, ooh, cool, from the fans. I like it because I always... I hate movies that rely... Totally on CG. It's totally on CG because I don't buy into it. And that's what Lucas did for episodes two and three. He shot them all digitally. Uh All the special effects were digital. Yeah, I mean, it it was believable, but, you know, in the end, you're like, eh... It was believable, but I think also in a certain sense that they lost something. Yeah, they they. Uh, of course, yeah. of course, the biggest thing they lost in two and three, which was a good thing, was Jar Jar. Less of that's him. not true. Less Jar Jar was in three. Yeah, he was in three, but not till the, almost the end. <laughs> but they should have done was figured out a way to bring Padme back and put Jar Jar in the damn coffin. <laughs> anyway, Just saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody, everybody, and you know you agree with me. Yes, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> we will we will have our Jar Jar podcast later on. Um, we used to think that's a dumb idea. <laughs> uh, now I don't know. Do you know who the name of this actress is? Uh, Sarosi Ronan. No. You know, who, you know, I looked her up on on International Movie Database. Uh-huh. She's got like fourteen or fifteen things, movies or TV shows credited to her name. Okay, but nothing that rang a bell to me. So I okay. don't know who she is. But supposedly from my sources that I have that I look up, um, that I scowl through the internet for. Scowl. Um, you know, they say supposedly she's gone in to read for a lead role and possibly uh, a leading role or possibly the lead role. Okay. And being that she's a female kind of tells me, well, they're obviously looking as the main lead character as a female, which which would tell me they're, and, and I already kind of suspected this anyway, that they're going to, um, Han and Leia's kids as older teenagers uh-huh. and, and Luke's kid. So, because there's been rumors around about they're looking for basically two older male teenagers and, and, a, and a female okay. for roles, which tells me they're kind of going, they're jumping at least a good 20 years past Return of the Jedi easily. Okay. Considering, because you, if you're going to bring back Luke, Han, and Leia, you've got to account for their age. Yeah, because you, I mean, if you're going to bring back the originals anyway. Right, right. If you're going to bring back those three. And according to what I've read, those three are in a more of a supporting role, yeah. like uh, Alex Guinness was in the first one. Right. I mean, he's there. He's there for a reason, but he's not holding the movie. Yeah, he's he, he's there. He's for, getting you from point A to point, point B. B. Right. Uh, the other big rumor that's been going around for like the last three weeks is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. You know who he is? No. Have you seen Into Darkness? Nope. Okay. Have you I'm seen a slacker. Sh- have you seen Sherlock on, on BBC America? Nope. Oh, wow. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is the guy who played Khan in the latest Star Trek movie. Okay. And for those of you who have not seen Into Darkness, I'm sorry for ruining who he plays. Khan! Uh, <laughs> anyway. Oh, no. I'm, uh, never mind. I won't do it. I was yeah, going to no. say, say something else. But. Anyway, but anyway, so the rumor has that at one time about two and a half weeks ago that he had dropped out of um, this one director's very high profile movie. Uh-huh. And he gave no reason for dropping out. Because the rumor was Whoa. he was going to be joining J.J. Abrams in Episode 7. Because those two movies are both start filming in January or February of next year at the same time. That was the rumor. Okay. Benedict Cumberbatch's people have come out and said since then saying, no, that's a lie. He's not joining Episode 7. But the same, play, the same website who put that out two and a half weeks ago has also said that 
they stand by their report and they say that Cumberbatch people is lying and covering because or he will be supposedly playing in episode seven a small role but his role will be get bigger in episodes eight and nine cool now he if, if of course you haven't seen into darkness but he plays a really great bad guy in that movie yeah i will just haven't got a chance to check it out yet so i i know i probably threw a subject and you're not as familiar with that. oh no it's fine i i just think it's an interesting choice i mean if he if he because my guess is if he's if he actually does play in all three movies yeah my guess is he's going to be playing some sort of villain because he he works so well as a villain in, in star trek in the darkness i can't see him playing anything else i i just especially if his role gets bigger as the as the as the trilogy moves on would you agree and disagree well and I know you're not as you don't keep up like Star Wars like no, I do. No, I don't. This may be off the subject, maybe just a little bit. But I've always felt that those two franchises should be kept separate. Separate. And there's just way too much crossover. Crossover with people from one movie working in the others. I don't know. I just, I just, I, I guess at that point, at that specific point, I guess I'm. That's where I would be more of a purist. Like, you know what? You have these folks that are doing Star Wars. You have these folks that are doing Star Trek. Now, I can see why Disney went after Abrams. I mean, he is oh, a lot absolutely. of singing sci-fi right now. Absolutely. And, and depending on your, your opinions about the Star Trek movies, either you love him or you hate him. There is no in-between. Yeah. Quite frankly, I'm surprised Disney didn't, you know, have... You go to Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon did, has done sci-fi for all his, all his adult life. I mean, yeah, he's kind of tangled up with the Marvel stuff and the Avengers thing, but you would you would think... I mean, he did, he did do the Firefly and the, and the Serenity movie, Firefly movie you uh-huh. know so it's not like it's not completely out of his wheelbox to go out there and and do something and do something of this nature and especially with you know especially with the amount of success avengers had and the amount of money that disney could sit there and throw into a movie to make sure that it looks good now uh, i'm just i'm just saying that now from my understanding abrams doesn't have as much control in this as far as certain things as he did with the star trek movies okay He's more or less been brought in as a director to put his vision of what they want, to put his vision of what what they have written on paper to make it work on film. And that's basically what he's been, where on Star Trek, it was his writing staff. He had input as well into it. So he was kind of involved in everything with it. Whereas this, he's not necessarily involved with the story concept and writing. He's just take the story, take what we got, make make it look look good. good. Right. So I think in that point, I think I'm I'm okay with it. Well, you know, I, that's me. But then again, you know, I've read others who, if you, and I'm not violently one way or the other on this. I'm just saying that I think that in the grand scheme of things, right? I, you know, I think they should just be kept separate. That's cool with me. We're going to move on to some. Um, well, real quick here, knowing that you have not seen Star Trek in the Darkness, I'll just throw this out real quick. Okay. Uh, Handle your for, business for, for for the for the people out there who do not like Abrams doing Star Trek. Uh-huh. You'll be happy now. He's not doing Star Trek three. You've heard of a movie, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. The the one that Mark Wahlberg did. Uh, oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah that one okay one that just out a couple yeah years where the ago. where the where the yeah the the apes right. first take over yeah like right it's got one. James okay. Franco in it yeah yeah okay, okay. that one uh, that director Rupert Wyatt has been hired by Paramount to direct the third Star Trek movie. And, of course, Paramount's aiming for a 2016 release because it is Star Trek's 50th anniversary that year, and obviously Abrams is just a little busy with another sci-fi franchise. So, anyway. Okay, well, let me ask you this, and I'm, hopefully this doesn't ruin it. Spock doesn't die at the end of In the Darkness, does he? Like he did in Star Trek 2. No, no one of the crew from the Enterprise of the main cast. Okay. And, and, and well, I'm just saying. Turn, I don't... turn down your volumes real quick if you're listening. Okay, no one dies from the main cast that are listed as credited in the movie that you're seeing playing the iconic roles. Okay, no one dies. Okay, I just wanted, I just didn't want to say the the third one being basically a reboot of Search for Spock kind of thing. If, 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 since you went there, you've have you seen the anything of the original series shows? Yes. Do you remember seeing the one Space Seed with Ricardo Montalban where they introduced? Actually, that was on TV about three weeks ago here did, did you see it yeah i watched it okay you're familiar with that yeah now some people have said out there that they basically ripped off rathacon to me it is not rathacon yeah they took some lines from rathacon that they uh-huh. used which kind of seemed a little obvious at times but to me they took space seed and turned it majorly on its ear okay to me that's what they did they didn't necessarily it's not necessarily a rathacon because those characters of of that particular this version of this crew is finding out about Khan. Right. So, and I won't tell Maybe you the what. the third one will be Tribble with Tribbles. 
I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> well, see, they're aiming for this 2016. I have no idea what they're going to do. But the same, writers, just, the same writers who wrote the first two will be writing the third one. But yeah, no one dies from the cast. And, and to me, it's Space Seed turn on its ear. Okay. That's, well, that's the way I... I'm, I, just, I, saying, I'm just saying that I know, you know, we've had this first one that was kind of an origin story. The second one kind of hit on the kind of hit on the con thing and i just didn't want to see really we're gonna we're gonna play this out again because we've done this i just I, right you know i just figured and, if you're gonna reboot and, let's try and keep and it as fresh and original they, as possible and they do beat the crap out of the enterprise yay they don't destroy it oh. but which, that was also that's also another funny thing is i read somewhere because abrams supposedly in their one of their original drafts of mm. into darkness they were going to destroy the enterprise okay mm. paramount came back and said no. no, we don't want you destroying the Enterprise. You can beat it up all you want, but you it can't destroy it. It must stay together. <laughs> because if you look back over history of Star Trek, yeah. if you go back about every third movie, there seems to be something happening to an Enterprise, and there's a new one in well, the next yeah. movie. Well, yeah. So I think they were wanting to avoid that. I think, yeah, probably what the... the they were wanting to say one Enterprise stays around for a lot longer than... Yeah. Which Two makes movies. a sense because, you know. Fans get tired of that real yeah. quick. Well, I think what happened was is they got caught in the loop of, well, we destroyed one. Now we have to keep doing, doing it, it. Yeah. In order to make sure that the, the end result which, is. Which I was glad to hear that Paramount said, no, no, no. You're not destroying the Enterprise this time. <laughs> you can beat it up all you want, but you're not destroying it. Although, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing something re- related to the Enterprise B because you only see Enterprise B for a few seconds in generations. And right. Then... Well, and, 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 and into darkness, they do allude to. Sulu and Captain. It's kind of a wink and a nod, I think, because he has to take the con. Sulu has to con, and yeah. he has to do something. And there's a, there's to me, there's a funny line because McCoy standing there, and you know the guy playing Sulu, which is I can't think of John Cho. Yeah, he does it in a real serious, real like, wow, he's he's nasty, man. And and it's funny because Bones just looks down and goes, Mister Sulu, remind me not to piss you off <laughs> which i thought was great in the movie but well, you know how you probably could have avoided making him mad right i mean just get him some white castle man <laughs> just saying just get him some white castle it'll be all right anyway um we're, we'll move away from the sci-fi franchises okay. here did you like the uh, jurassic park franchise you know i've only seen one of them in the theaters i've seen all the movies but i only seen one in the theater and i seen three in the theater a long time ago but i mean they're okay they're not they're I don't know why I'm not that big on them because I, when I when the first one came out I was huge into dinosaurs and it was that came out about the time I kind of got out of dinosaurs and I think maybe that's just why I never really got into them. But, okay, but I've seen them. Well, how do you sound for the name for the fourth one, Jurassic World? Well, now that implies I've, it seems like a, it seems like a nice crossover between the Lost World and Jurassic Park. <laughs> well, depending on on what you read and where you read it at, I've I've now read two different possibilities for the storyline. Which, okay. Which obviously they're being tight-lipped about. Well, yeah. One, would... the, the first one is the park from the first movie has been rebuilt. They actually got the park up and going, and it's oh, been wow. running for five or ten years, supposedly. Oh, wow. And something happens this time at the park, not just with a few people there, but with an island full of tourists. That would suck. Which to me sounds like an overglorified Jurassic Park movie from the first one. Yeah. To a certain extent, yeah, and you know yes that's usually no. what happens when you hit the fourth one is you run now, out of freshness. The other, the other scenario I heard just recently, when I don't know how true it is, they released a uh, uh, concept video on YouTube uh, that somehow got uh, Universal back in wanting to do, and Steven Spielberg willing to at least executive produce and, yeah. and, and, and put give, a stamp on and, it and give say yeah go ahead is shows uh, a pterodactyl flying around and then all of a sudden swoops down on the beach and picks up some sunbather. No, yeah, that'd be awesome. Considering they have now officially named it Jurassic World, that could I, give you another concept of maybe... That they got off the island. That they have somehow managed to get themselves off the island. Yeah. Like, you know... And creating havoc wherever. Uh, I mean, you know, that was the big deal. I remember with the first first one or the second one, you know, is that they couldn't... They weren't supposed to be able to reproduce. Right. And yet they managed. They, they have, yes. yeah. They managed to, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that somebody didn't steal some of the eggs and and take them somewhere. And they hatch like on a on a boat somewhere. Now, supposedly the guy who who wrote this is also directing this movie. Mm-hmm. Says that this will his words saying will reinvigor the franchise, right? And it will take the franchise in a completely different way than anyone may be expecting. Okay, I'm guessing if Universal is willing to put up the bucks to do a fourth movie, they're possibly hoping to see CC to do at least a fifth one. Yeah, 
I mean, I know I'm, the only thing I knew for sure was that this was going to be in 3D, and this is definitely the kind of movie you want to go see in 3D. I'm I'm convinced of that. That's I mean, you know, you had these you know, like especially the T Rex chasing you around and stuff like that, or the the Jeep or, scene in the, the Jeep, first one, yeah, or you know, or the Velociraptors coming, you know, yes, yeah, that's I'm I'm game for that. Or if you have like the the Pteranodons and the Pterodactyls mm-hmm. flying overhead, that's that's that stuff's made for 3D, man. So, but anyway, that's especially IMAX. You know, um, Jurassic Park is world is set for a 2015 release. Not that there's not enough movies in 2015 coming out, <laughs> but that's for another podcast as well. Yeah. <laughs> there's just two podcast many. 2015. Uh, what uh, they did and didn't get. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a quick t- uh, tidbit: the Jurassic Park, the first three movies have taken in over two billion worldwide. Okay. And Jurassic Park, the first movie in '93, is still the highest grossing of the of the of the first three. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, of course, and again, it also got re-released here earlier this year for its 20th anniversary for a couple weeks. Too. Yeah. So that could be helping it a little bit. I got a bunch of little short ones here. All right. You're familiar with Roland Emmerich, directed Independence Day. No, oh, yes, yes. Godzilla, okay. you know, Godzilla. The Patriot. You know, Patriot's going to be Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla, that was just kind of I'm, a Right joke. now, folks, I'm shaking my head, rolling my eyes, and wishing I could forget that movie. Now, it was announced a while back he was going to do Independence Day 2 and 3 and that he was going to shoot them back to back. Now it's come out that he's just going to do Independence Day 2, uh-huh. and if it's successful enough, he'll move ahead with a third one. A third one. Sounds more realistic. That's, yeah. I mean, if you see, go ahead and shoot a two and three back to back almost 20 years after the first one, you're making a big assumption. Uh, you're, yeah, you're making the huge assumption that people will want to go see the second one. Want to return back to that storyline. Because then what do you do if the second one bombs and yeah. you've already got the third one in the can? Well, you, you probably do what they, what they did with like the movie Battleship, which is release it international and watch it make a ton of money international. And then hope that some of the momentum internationally brings it up to speed here in the U.S. Well, that's what Pacific Rim helped helped yeah. its numbers. It didn't. It did all right in the U.S., but not as good as they wanted. Yeah. But overseas, Japan, China, yeah. and the Asian theater, it just it was super popular. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they, they haven't had a good Godzilla movie in a while, so they needed. Well, something there's, to, a, there's they there's, needed something to pacify them until. Well, next year we will see what they do because there is a new Godzilla coming out next Godzilla. year. It'll be interesting to see. Supposedly, it's 20 years later. Bill Pullman's supposed to be back, but no Will Smith. I, I don't see how you're going to... I don't see... I don't, don't see how you can bring him in, considering as president, he should be done. Yeah. I was going to say, theoretically. He, he, obviously, he wouldn't be president. No. The only, the only the only person I guess I really see having a real a real usefulness in the movie would be uh, Jeff Goldblum. His character could... It would be, right. I mean... Maybe His character is actually more of a, a more central figure mm-hmm. to defeating the aliens than Will Smith's character. And supposedly, the supposed plot rumor is they the humans necessarily haven't haven't assumed they w- wouldn't come back, uh-huh. but they're using the technology from the ships that they crashed at the end of end of the first one, uh-huh. and use their technology to help defend against in case they do come back. And yeah. it's just a matter of their waiting of not necessarily when, but not necessarily if they'll come back, but when when they come back. Yeah. And supposedly they're going to make, Emmerich has said he wants to make these aliens, he wants to pull you more into with the aliens to make it the whole story more believable, uh-huh. the reasons why they're doing this. Yeah. Uh, he wants to focus all, more, a little bit more on the aliens than what he did than just them just, just trying to destroy Earth. Right. So he's trying to make you feel something, I guess, a little bit. I, I don't know wh- where exactly he's going with it all. Yeah, but, I wouldn't know. I mean, and first of all, I always wondered a thought after I saw the Independence Day and you saw those crash, supposedly they're 12 miles wide. What the hell do you do with all the scrap metal? Recyclers had a hell of a field day, man. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Of course, then, you know, they try to melt it down. It's like, the stuff don't melt down, man. So, you know, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, I guess. The uh, Russians have got theirs. Um, have but, you seen, um, did you see Avatar when it came out? No, and I, for good reason, I had no intention of seeing that movie. Well, supposedly, the rumor for Avatar 2, which is now scheduled for a December 2016 release, uh-huh. um, there's a rumor going around that Schwarzenegger is going to be playing a human general playing okay. the playing, I guess, supposedly the heavy. I have never seen Avatar. I found it interesting. Some some people say well, it's a it's a weird choice, but then again, he has worked with James Cameron in the past, so no. it's not necessarily a. Uh, an what out was of those reach. movies? True Lies, Terminator One, Terminator Two. You hit it. <laughs> not that those, those didn't those, those didn't, didn't do, do anything, anything at, all. at all. No. If, God, I wish that they were gonna do if they were. If he was going to work with Cameron again, I would have just much much rather have seen, seen True, True Lies, Lies too. Um, you know who the uh, actor Lucas Black is? You should. Yes. You know what movie he's from? Off the top of my head, no. 
the name. I know the name. I can't picture the movie. Well, think of a franchise that's going into its seventh movie that they're oh, trying okay. to ignore. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> that we've had many conversations oh. off microphone about. Yes. Now, from what I've what I have here, uh, he, he so far he's only appeared in the franchise so far in Tokyo Drift. <laughs> okay. Uh, but they're bringing back his character of Sean Boswell. Right. And he's going to be in the next three movies. From what I understand, it says you'll understand why it why it'll make sense to add his character back at this particular point in time. Well, yeah, because it, it brings you full circle. The end of six brings you full circle into three, so you actually understand why three is why there. three is there and why. If you haven't seen Tokyo Drift, you're not missing much. The only thing you need to know is that Vin Diesel makes a cameo at the end of the movie, in which everybody was like, "Okay, why is Vin Diesel in this movie?" All of a sudden, he wasn't in the second one. He said he'd never do this, and all of a sudden he makes a cameo, and you're like, what the hell's he doing in Tokyo, man, with, the, with this monster Impala trying to drift an Impala around a parking lot? Yeah. Good and, move? Bad move? Um, it's a good move because of how the way the way Six set itself up to go ahead and, and bring it all full circle. So I think it's a good move. In the long for, run? In the long run. Uh, also, Kurt Russell's supposed to be in this movie, as yeah. well as as well as well Jason Statham will be in this movie. Yes, I don't know much about the... Uh, the uh, the Fast and Furious franchise. I have bought recently four and five because uh-huh. I want to see six because six had my interest watching the trailers. Right. So I'm waiting for six to come out and then I'm going to have me a little Fast and Furious marathon. So don't give away too much. It's just and, and this this is based a off Fast of what you've and told Furious me. marathon. Isn't that a sprint? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Questioning that one because you're like uh, Fast and Furious marathon. Those words do not go together, folks. <laughs> Now, what is what is your quick thoughts here about uh, Paramount has announced a release date for a Terminator reboot for oh. July 1st of 2015. Yet I another got, 2015 I release date. I tell you what date. they need to do. They need to see how the RoboCop reboot does before they even decide to break open another Terminator movie. Well, especially as supposedly they're reboot. already going moving forward with this because they've already set a release date for it. Who do you get to play? Who do you get to? Play I don't the know. The rumor is they don't know if they're going to have. Schwarzenegger back in some sort of small role, big role. They they they've not said anything of of what, it, who or what is supposed to be in it. As iconic as Arnold is as that character, it's time for him to let that go. Same way with his Conan movies, which Let's he's going to well, okay. try and come back. But okay, the, the Conan but, movie works because if you if you come back at a at what, a much later what, date and time, it's believable. It's believable. The problem with the Terminator movie he's is supposed to be a machine. He, he's supposed to be a machine. It's a it's a cyborg. It means it won't that the, age. It does, well, it, <laughs> it, it, the, the body part would age. Yeah, but who? Why would Cyberdyne no, send a, they, an a, old sixty year old, up, yeah, yeah. 60, sixty year old man? Even though, yeah, he could probably still kick, kick the crap ass. out. Yeah, kick the crap out of all of us with you know not even breathing too heavy. I, I, yeah, I just don't see the need for it. Well, anyway, they're they're moving ahead. And and speaking ahead, speaking of RoboCop, my problem with RoboCop is not. <laughs> I haven't really seen much. I've read a little. Did you but see the trailer? I haven't seen the trailer yet. But from what I understand, this movie is going to be released as a PG-13 movie. Yeah. And to me, knowing what the first one was, actually, all three of the first ones were all rated R. Why the make first your, two were like a serious R. I mean, that's like... Why, why, why would you release a reboot of a franchise and not at least have that first one be an R-rated? I, I, I can tell you Obviously, why. there's one reason. Money more masses, more people to the because theater. Because you can get, unlike the way it used to be back in the 80s when a, when a kid could get into an R-rated movie without much effort, Right now it's a lot harder, harder for a kid to, to get to do, into it. To do so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, good Lord, when I was when the, when I was that age, when those first movies came out, I could have gone and seen them, and I probably would have gone and seen them. Well, here's the funny thing. I went, I was living with my grandparents in the small town they were living in at the time when Terminator 2 came out. Uh-huh. Now, when Terminator 2 came out, what, 91, 92? Yeah, 92. 92? Okay. I was in my early 20s at that time. Uh-huh. Okay? First time I went to that small town theater, which wasn't a huge theater, but it was still it's a theater. Slow, yeah. But it was still a theater nonetheless. I go in there, buy a ticket, day of show, 20 minutes before the movie, and, it's already, and it's already been out a week or two. So uh-huh. I already missed the mass running yeah. to, oh, got to go see this movie. Right. There is a girl behind the counter doing the whole transaction with, you know, buying your tickets. Uh-huh. She couldn't be more than 18, okay? Uh-huh. She sits there, and I go, one ticket for Terminator 2, please. No hesitation, no thought about this, doesn't even give me a look or a glance. She just looks at me real quick. I'll need to see some ID, sir. And I looked at her, and I was like, are you serious? 
She goes, yes, sir, I'm sorry. I, I have to card if I suspect you're under 18. Okay. So I pull my wallet out. I said, well, you're really going to hate yourself. Put my driver's license down. She picks it up. She looks at it, looks at me. Oh, I'm sorry. And then gives it back to me. You young looking folk. I thought at the time it was like, really? Because at that age, I found it a little she probably, almost insulting. She pro- yeah, she probably got hounded over. But you know, I know something, and I know this is off off the beaten path with this a little bit. When I, because I was, a, I'm a lot younger than you. I was a kid when that movie came out, uh-huh. Terminator Two. Which the funny thing is about kids getting into seeing R-rated movies, the thrill of sneaking well, in. No, 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 no. You could get in to see them. I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal for at least where I was at. Uh huh. But what's the one thing you would see when you went to Walmart? You'd see all these toys for an R-rated movie. Think about that. All these action figures and toys <laughs> for R-rated movies. You know, you may have just struck a, a theme for a podcast. You think about, I mean, just yeah, but I mean, you you know, oh yeah, you got your row of Batman, you got your row of Transformers, you got your row of Spider Man, Spider Man, all this, Star all this Trek. stuff. It's PG, and then all of a sudden you got like Terminator. Oh, you Terminator, you're like, I, mean, right. I can't see this movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's like, you got you know, like a half a dozen T one thousands that different kind of things and different types of Terminator uh, T eight hundred, and you know, and a John Connor and all this and all these action figures and they had you know a video game a nintendo 8-bit nintendo video game for both of them you know kids are going to eat this up no man it's perfectly fine it's just a video game man no but you can't get in to see the movie how it actually plays yeah right <laughs> whatever give me two tickets for terminator 2 get out of my way <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and you know these were like is this money green yeah let yeah. him in uh, I don't care what anybody says. This is money green. Yeah, let him in. Make sure he buys the large popcorn, too. <laughs> uh, moving on. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yep. Um, is, trying to bring, is, is trying to bring back his, probably one of his more <laughs> iconic characters. Ain't gonna fall for no banana material pot, man. Axel Foley. <laughs> um, he's hired the writers who wrote Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. understand this for one a, at a, all. a script. And supposedly, Bruckheimer, who produced the first two, which, to me, I ignore, even though there's technically three Beverly Hill Cop movies out there, I ignore the third yeah, one. Yeah, the third one. There's I, no Taggart. If there's no Taggart, then there's no Beverly Hills Cop. I don't care. Well, there's, there's no Taggart, and also there's no uh, Bogomil. Forget it. Well, yeah. Well, at least for when that one was done. Yeah. Um, but there's no Taggart. You get to have Taggart. Yeah. I'm sorry. You just... Anyway, he's supposedly, it's gotten interest of Bruckheimer wanting to possibly come back and produce the fourth one. Which I think, if you're going to do a try and do a fourth one, bringing in a Burkheimer is necessary. Necessary a bad thing? No, no, because Burkheimer knows how to do a movie like that. And, and and yeah, he didn't have a great success with Lone Ranger this summer. But then again, look at all the successes to failures Burkheimer's had. It's lopsided. Mm-hmm. So one failure, I don't think. And I think well, the thing is with with Lone Ranger is that how much money it lost. Well, also how much? How? Why does it cost over two hundred million dollars to make a western? That's that's my first question: is why would you let a western <laughs> cost you over two hundred million dollars in production costs for that's a my western? Second question, actually, but well, yeah, I'm just saying, why would you do that? Considering yeah, oh, no, not yeah. taking the risk. I mean, to me, that movie probably could have been done for about one hundred and fifty, if that. If that. But no, my first question is, why do you have Johnny Depp playing Tonto? I didn't necessarily have a problem with him playing Tonto. It's just the whole, why do you spend so much money on a Western that doesn't need that much CG, Yeah, if any? I don't get it. I don't don't either. I mean... I think that's that's where where Disney got hurt on this, is they let the expense get too far out of hand, and then not knowing how well, assuming it would do miraculous numbers now, and i'll be flopped. honest i haven't i haven't seen this movie al- along with probably a lot of you I, based on I, the numbers a I, lot of people i heard I, I heard a lot of i was excited for it when i saw the previews and the trailers i thought awesome i used to watch the lone ranger old tv show and reruns on saturday mornings growing up yeah always loved the lone ranger as a character i thought yeah. great they're gonna do a lone ranger movie it looks excellent mm-hmm. but then you started reading more and more about what they did with this movie mm-hmm. and it's like Oh my god! And then, then you see the first weekend totals from the theater, yeah. and it's just like word of mouth spread so quickly that this movie like, answer, is not see this. You know, has bombed. It's yeah. like, oh my god! So if I see it, it'll be when it probably comes to TV. Yeah, yeah. I have no intention of maybe if it hits Netflix. Before. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Netflix as well. I may, I may watch it if it hits Netflix. But, but if uh, if if it's a good Beverly Hills Cop movie, would you go see it? Yeah, yeah. If I if I know because I, I, I always like that character. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it, you know what I always thought was amusing to me about that is is that as successful as that character is, it carries with the one stigma that Eddie Murphy hates having. 
he does not like dealing with a gun. Yet, as a cop, you it, have to have a gun. He has to have a gun. I, I guess that's the one thing. I, I just, it's just one of those, like, it's kind of interesting. I, I think the reason why he's looking to go back to Beverly Hills Cop 4 is because he hasn't had that many successes here recently. No, not unless he's playing a, a jackass. I mean, a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to have an ogre as a sidekick. Uh, yeah. um, the last little thing, um, I know you're a gamer. Uh, I know you play Madden. Yep. I don't know what kind well, of other games you play, but are you are you familiar with Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon? Actually, you know it's funny. Uh, I just got I have a I have a gold account and they I just downloaded uh, Rainbow Six Vegas. Uh, Ghost Recon, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. They've uh, whoever owns the uh, movie rights has uh-huh. been given the green light to write a script based off That's of good. off of that. And this is something I did not know about the that this particular franchise of game. It's a fictional unit of the U.S. Army Special Forces that operates as a president's private army. Now, that, written in the right way, with the right setup plot, uh-huh. could be a very interesting movie to see. Oh, yeah. no, I, I would fully... I if they do it right, go see it. If they do it right, go see something like and, that. And if they put this out, if they put this movie out as PG thirteen, then then something's wrong. Uh, well, you, you, but you know where I'm going with it, though. See, now that movie there actually makes more sense as a PG thirteen movie because there isn't a and and you give me this weird look, but no, it <laughs> there's no there's no precedent like with RoboCop how we had the issue with RoboCop. Okay, well, yeah, okay, that's true. And and like in the Predator movies, the like the last few Predator movies that came out like pre- the two Predator versus Alien movies. Well, the first it, one was PG-13. Right. The second one was R. Okay. And if well, you've seen the second one in versus uh, Requiem, you'll know why. Well, I I seen it on FX. I didn't see it. In, I didn't see like you I saw it on it. you saw it on cable? Yeah. Oh, they they cut out the worst parts. Okay. Well, yeah, see. trust me. There's there's a maternity scene you do not want to okay, see. But but you understand what I'm saying is that you know there's no precedent for this to be a an R-rated an R-rated movie, yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it'll be one of those that'll be one of those movies where you get, you know, a PG-13 release and then an, an, an unrated, unrated DVD. Version. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, you can watch the theatrical version or the unrated version. Who watches the theatrical version? I, have you have you ever watched a theatrical version of a movie? If you had the unrated or the extended director's cut, I have eventually. I'll put it this way: if it's been long enough since I saw the movie in the theater yeah. before I got the DVD that had both cuts, okay, I will watch the theatrical version again, okay, to refresh me, okay, okay, and then I'll wait a week or two, come back, and then watch the unrated version uh-huh. so that way when i watch the unrated version i can remember what was in the theatrical version so i know what is different yeah or what, what not they added. and not necessarily the or not necessarily unrated but just director's cut right well basically it basically to me that means they took out these scenes that they thought mm-hmm. about leaving in at one time and that they took out because of they didn't want to you know, they already had it at two hours. They didn't want to make it two yeah. hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. They like, tightened up the storyline, so they just left it. So they put it in this DVD. Yeah. I have most of my movie collection anymore. If there's an, an extended director's cut version of it, that's all I get anymore. Uh, the latest uh, G.I. Joe movie that just came out on, on uh, Retaliation. Yeah. The theatrical version of it's like, uh, what, an hour and, uh, what, 50 minutes? Uh-huh. They released like an extra 10 minutes on the unrated version. Right. Well, like, um, perf- b- best example, we'll go back to the well with Arnold here. This is Terminator 2. Have you ever seen the extended cut of direct, uh, Terminator 2? Uh, once. Yeah, where they show him, where they show him, uh, you know, they're in the uh, that service station and they're uh, he's sewing Sarah up and then she's sewing him up a little bit, trying to so that, so the wounds will heal. Uh huh. And there's that whole scene that they cut out where they actually take the chip out of his head. They cut his head open, take the chip okay. out, and reset okay. it. Yeah, you don't see that. In the, see, I love that. I look for that kind of stuff. I really do. So, well, the first thing that drives my wife nuts, depending on what movie it is, uh-huh. is if it's a movie that's got a lot of special features. Uh-huh. Uh, I will sit there and watch the special features first before I'll ever watch the movie again. Oh, really? I, 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 I guess I like seeing how they their thought process of putting the movie together, right. what they did to put the movie together, the special right. effects they used, you know, that kind of stuff. How they make this scene look so. You know, because, you know, how they get this, this shot, shot yeah. you know, and you're thinking, really, they did that? Wow. Yeah. I, you know, you wouldn't think something like that would work. But then you see, you know, it's like, oh, OK, I guess it does work. Yeah. So I, I kind of for what we do, mm-hmm. that part kind of. Oh, yeah. You no, know, yeah. You know. Like, yeah, I think I used to I had the original Fast and Furious on DVD. And yeah, I think I watched the special features on how they did that tr- that train scene probably five or six dozen times. <laughs> Just because I thought, I mean, at the time when it first came out, I had really no clue. 
how they would do something like that. Uh-huh. You know? I said, oh, they did it with a computer. I'm like, well, yeah, but how did you get, how did you, uh, you no, you don't just sit there and magically put a train in there. Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yes, you magically put a train in there. That's what it's yeah. <laughs> but, uh Well, um, I think we've kind of pushed our time limit here. Okay. Um, actually, we probably went a little longer than I anticipated, but that's all right. Hey. Uh, thanks for coming on. Not a problem. I'm, uh, this I'm is, here for your enjoyment. And and you'll be happy to know you are my most returning guest so far. That doesn't Makes mean sense. much right now. No, well, I mean, <laughs> three out of four, yeah. For Steve, I'm Reggie, and we'll talk yes. about you later.